Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Brianna Improved Podcast. We have such a beautiful, intelligent, amazing Instagram friend and just all around badass on the podcast today. We have Dr. Stephanie Canastraro. Hopefully I said that correctly. If not, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into that. We're both fake Italians. Anywho, um, Dr. Stephanie is a chiropractor by trade, but through some of her own medical experiences herself, she actually ended up in the functional field. She had some GI symptoms, neurological symptoms, and even Lyme, which we will talk a little bit about today in the show. She is owner of the Vegas Clinic, not the kind of Vegas that y'all are thinking of when we get wild. So we'll talk about what that means and specializes in the one and only vagus nerve human optimization athletic performance all through functional medicine nutrition and of course chiropractic care so dr stephanie welcome to the show how are we today i'm great thank you for that wonderful intro yeah i'm so excited to have you there's so many things that i want to talk about we have been following each other on instagram for quite some time you're definitely one of my instagram girl crushes and nerd crushes so i'm super excited to have you here um we actually had to reschedule this originally because you were experiencing some uh flare-ups of lyme disease and i would actually love you know I, I, of course i want to talk to you about the vagus nerve i'm sure yeah. you're also tired of talking about that but i think <laughs> listeners will really get some value from that but i I think talking about Lyme disease in the bigger picture of everything. And, um, you know, I know my mom had that back in the day. I know it kind of, I think originated in Connecticut. I, I wrote one article mm -hmm. on it. That's all I really know. So I would love to actually, um, hear sort of what you were going through, maybe some signs and symptoms of what people should be paying attention to. And, um, maybe some things that sort of helped to get you back on track with that. Yeah, I would love to share because it's recent, like I'm still kind of going through it and feeling the symptoms and, you know, learning from them. And of course it's helping me with my own practice. And I see Lyme coming up like more and more lately. And I, I have some theories as to why it's reemerging in a lot of people that have had it in the past, which, which I'll touch on, but, um, mine came on, honestly, I, you know, I made the mistake of saying like, I feel the best I have in 20 years. Like I said that out loud <laughs> to a bunch of people. And, you know, within like a few weeks, I was at a friend's cottage, you know, I'm a, I'm like a mold detector. So uh -huh. it was the first time they turned on the heat because it was in October. And I, like, I, I could tell there was mold or something, right? And, and, um, and that was kind of when my symptoms started to come back out, like right around then. And so- you know, there's, there's always like kind of a tipping point, but obviously it was like kind of there in the background. But for me this time, because I had a Lyme flare in the past, which I wasn't a hundred percent sure was Lyme because the Western blot didn't say it was, but it catches in like zero to 20% of people, which is like the test that they use kind of in conventional medicine. And so instead this time it was all like heart symptoms for me. It went straight to my like cardiovascular. So you know, and it was, it was missed. It created an emergency. Like I had to go to the emergency room like three times with this high blood pressure. My, uh, my heart rate was like 120 at rest. You know, my, it was so uncomfortable. I was getting nausea, kidney pain, and I was going into the emergency room and because I thought I was dying of a heart attack because even it, for me, it's not the first thing I go to, Oh, I'm having a Lyme flare because I felt so healthy. And because, mm. you know, and so that's, why these things get overlooked. And when, when I looked at my own blood work, which they sent me home and told me, you know, don't have coffee <laughs> and stop stressing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I haven't been to like a conventional doctor in 15 years. And this is your advice to me, like whatever. So I'm looking at it going, but I have an infection, like my white blood cells, which show infection are high. My um, neutrophils, which show it's a bacteria are high. Like, why is this getting overlooked? Oh, it's not high enough for them. Like, even though it's, it's like high on their conventional ranges. So, you know, I reached out to my smart friends all over because kind of when it's your body, you, it, things go over your head and, you know, someone muscle tested me. They're like, it's Lyme in your heart. And I was like, they're like, you need, because it's like this acute, you need an antibiotic. I, I'm scared of antibiotics because I haven't been on, on an antibiotic in like also 15 years because I ended up in the hospital after that with my whole first round of, of Lyme or 
or poor health or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, and then that got me just formally investigating it. And, and then when I, I found, I got my results, I used vibrant labs. I really like them. Um, Am I supposed to talk about which labs I used? Yeah, yeah, no, I would love, I would love to hear even you break, like break it down as much as if somebody didn't even know what limes was like, oh, what okay. did it, yeah. you know what I mean? And then like yeah, protocols you did, and maybe even like if there's other comorbidities that people should be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I'll start by my white blood cells were borderline high. This is important for someone having acute flare of Lyme, even if you're not bit by a tick. So bless you. Thank so you. Lyme is a spirochete, right? It's a type of bacteria. It's a spiral shaped bacteria. Um, it's very invasive. It, people think you can only get it from ticks, but it's actually not true at all. Like maybe that's where it originated, but now it can be through other vectors, like anything that bites. So mosquitoes, um, you know, for me, I think my first round was from bed bugs. I was in student housing. Wow. It's gross, but, um, and then it can pass in utero, in utero, it can be passed on, um, with sexual partners. So this, and, but most of the time, like depending on the load, like our body can fight it off. It also creates biofilms, which are like a little spider web to protect itself. So, you know, it can go dormant and kind of stay in there and kind of like a cyst-like form, but the spirochete, it makes it like, so your blood, when you look at your blood, it's not going to be like a sepsis, like a blood infection because it's burrowing into other tissue. It, it likes your joints, right? It likes your nerves. So that's why it's one of the root causes for multiple sclerosis. Like they've done studies with MS and when they take cerebral spinal fluid from, um, MS patients in 98% of people, there were Lyme spirochetes, you know, they've also found other things like roundworms, uh, parts of like roundworms or the cysts of roundworms. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't stay in the bloodstream. So it's not going to, it's not going to show up as when you do a blood culture because it's, it's there stimulating your immune system and some of it will be in your blood, but that's not where it is. Mostly it goes into your actual cells and like, it's very gross. It can, it can burrow through your body. It can eat your muscle, your myelin sheath, like and that's why you can get symptoms like it's traveling pain, right? I had pain in my calf. I'm like, am I having a blood clot? And then I had pain in my arm and I'm like, okay, it can't be a blood clot. So I'm comforted from that. But like what's happening, right? It loves being in your kidneys. Um, that's where a lot of it stays. And, and Lyme disease is different than a lot of bacteria. So a lot of people might not know that like low iron can be a sign of like kind of other stealth infections or parasites. They like to eat our iron to finish their life cycle. Well, Lyme likes eating your magnesium, right? So Lyme can infect your actual heart and cause Lyme carditis like it did for me. But Lyme can also throw off your electrolytes so much um, that you have heart palpitations and arrhythmias and high blood pressure. Like that's the stuff that I was uh, experiencing this time. Whereas in the past with my Lyme flare, I had more of the typical Lyme symptoms. Neurological symptoms are very common because I said it likes myelin sheath. Myelin is what it, it insulates our nerves, right? And it's when someone has like autoimmune, they call it MS, it's autoimmune to your myelin sheath, which means they think your own body is attacking your myelin, which maybe it is, but what is it? It's actually trying to get to the spirochetes that are in there, in my opinion, and there's evidence, there's papers on that as well. Um, but, you know, if you go to your neurologist, they're not going to agree with that. But I mean, you could bring them the papers in if they'd read them. Um, so, so yeah, so Lyme can be a little bit, you know, especially cause like I didn't get bit by tick, but my dad got bit by eight ticks in the summer and I had higher Lyme titers than him for, and then, and then they come along with co-infections cause Lyme dysregulates your immune system, just like parasites and mold do. And we get like this lowering of our innate immune system. So our mucosal, so all of the, our first line of defense for it all is lowered and and then you can get all of these other infections at that time that add just to this like cesspool of pathogens and you know toxins that your body's overwhelmed with and i and that is what causes a lot of the symptoms but i think you know lime is like the key thing to get rid of also like bigger parasites but those things because then it regulates your immune system enough that you your body can fight off the other easier ones to get rid of right i'm so but happy all, you brought that up the immune system yeah. piece because i think people especially this past couple of years 
the only conversation around immune health has been COVID stuff. And I tell people all the time, whether you had it, whether you didn't, it doesn't matter. Your immune system is always secondarily responding to your central nervous system and what's going on with that, as well as bacteria, viruses, all that other stuff. So that is such a big part of the conversation besides just, oh, well, I never get sick or I never get the flu. Like this is also a part of the immune conversation and looking at labs as well between optimal, quote, optimal ranges, functional lab ranges, and what's going on relative to your symptoms. Yeah, hundred percent. It's overlooked. And you just mentioned the nervous system. And like, that's been something that got dysregulated that I thought I was doing a good job on. I mean, my clinic's called the Vegas clinic, but it's like, why did I call my clinic the Vegas clinic? Cause I felt, I found out my vagus nerve was dysfunctional leading to all the things that like all of the, you know, gut symptoms I had. And like, so I kind of dove into that and then I got like this bad concussion and then I noticed my gut symptoms were worse. So I dove into that more. And then that's kind of how I got to the vagus nerve, which when your vagus nerve is, is functioning, it controls your immune system, right? It helps regulate it. So, so that's something else, as far as like, when we go into therapies, like, you know, we want to get rid of the pathogens and sometimes we have to do it acutely, like with a medication, um, you know, oftentimes we can avoid that because oftentimes people have just like chronic Lyme or chronic problems. Like, you know, so for me, I felt like, I was putting off taking an antibiotic and I think it saved me because I feel like my heart was leading to a heart block. Like it was bad. So a heart block is when there's too much interruption um, from the Lyme spirochetes into your electrical function of your heart and it can stop your heart. So that's where you want to, you know, like kind of just get the load down. And so that it definitely helped me. And then now I've been working through you know, trying to work on the immune system, trying to work on my, get my vagus nerve back. Cause it obviously it gets paralyzed. Even your vagus nerve can be infected with different viruses, different spirochetes, all of that. Like I said, they like the nerves, right? So, and this is a big thing I'm seeing everyone with like either post COVID or a V injury. Like they all think they have vagal nerve dysfunction, which that is one part of it, but there is the actual part where you know, lowering the actual virus and like doing those two things together. But like the vagus nerve has gotten more and more popular because everyone's just getting told that they have dysautonomia, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's not that alone, right? If it's at a place where you have like these chronic symptoms, you know, you need to help the body by lowering, like helping detox, lowering the pathogenic load, which is all of the different viruses, bacteria, parasites, mold, you know, environmental toxins. And then, you know, obviously there's emotional, all of that kind of stuff that comes in, but, uh, and then you work on the vagus nerval and that's when you can get like the power, but you can't, you often can't just work on the vagus nerve. Um, I mean, unless they're implanting something like it's very hard, but, you know, I've toyed around with injections of the vagus nerve. Um, have you heard of, have you heard of neural therapy? I haven't. So that was a big tipping point for me. And it's hard to find people doing it, but there definitely are people doing it. It's in Germany, it's really popular, but they're teaching it in the States. It was harder to find someone in Canada, but it's actually like they use procaine and they inject Mm -hmm. different interference fields and, and they help regulate your, your nervous system because they can eject, inject close around the vagus nerve and they go into the back of your tonsils and they help it drain. They injected my thyroid. So what it, what the procaine, procaine's like people know about lidocaine, novocaine. Um, so those are, um, you know, they freeze you like during, uh, you know, when you're getting dental work or whatever, but they're based on procaine, which is the more natural version that only has like a 15 minutes where it's like causing some numbness, but, um, it actually turns into all these B vitamins and it's, it's very, very Mm anti-inflammatory. Um, and you know, it brought me back into my parasympathetic state and like kept me there for like a week. It was amazing. So I'm even starting to learn new therapies based on kind of this flare because yeah. So when I first had Lyme, I didn't know about all this. It's what got me into all of this. Right. I think it's always one of the best ways to learn about anything with health is when you're either a family member or a friend's going through it. Maybe, yeah, you have a client who's going through it and you're like, I've never heard of that before. But I mean, I obviously want to talk to you about vagus nerve stuff, but I want to take a step back because this might really be resonating with people because I do think Lyme is one of those things that is 
oversimplified or overlooked. It's missed so many times. And there is a lot of, I think, interactions with other things. So if somebody's listening to this and they said like, that kind of resonates with me, what would be some tests that they should either ask a functional doctor for they can look into, or again, some key signs and symptoms that maybe they'd be like this, I should maybe check this out. Yeah. So, I mean, key signs and symptoms, like I was kind of mentioning with myself, like that kind of traveling pain on your body. Um, um, there's like shortness of breath, heart palps, like, and different combinations of this kind of stuff. Um, any neurological stuff, like if someone's like, I all of a sudden have Bell's palsy, like that's one of the signs. Like I actually had that years ago, even bowel dysfunction. Anytime that someone told you, you have dysautonomia, look into Lyme, um, Uh, muscle twitches. um, I'm missing a whole bunch of them. Muscle twitches, like also the static shock. I talked about that because like, I didn't realize, and that goes along with mold as well, but a lot of static electricity is a big one. Um, All those like restless leg, when people think they have restless leg syndrome, um, you know, feeling fluish. Some people have that like fatigue is a huge one. Um, And like, you can have like, just like some of these underlying symptoms. And those are just the chronic ones that people miss. They call it chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, But you know, the other co-infections can cause like a lot more tachycardia. Um, Like I had like there's Babesia, Bartonella, there's like these co-infections that come with it. Um, Oh, the the rash, there's a, a rash that can show up not the one when you get bit by a tick and there's a bullseye rash, but just like rashes that show up on your body um, kind of randomly along with it. Um, And then one that's really telling for Lyme is like these like stretch mark looking um, rash, but without weight gain or any reason for that being there. Um, Oh gosh, I'm missing like Key no, ones. those are all, those are great yeah. ones. So if somebody's like, yeah, I have any or all of the above and they say, I want to think about getting some tests and then what would be some, you know, obviously to your point, it's a fine line. Sometimes we do need to throw an allopathic approach at it and say, take this for a little bit, but what are maybe some more short versus long-term approaches and some of the tests that you would recommend somebody say, this is what I need to really, I need to take a deeper look at this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the tests that I find the most helpful like I like vibrant labs the best. If you look into their tech for it, they actually, um, they test the whole like strand of the DNA instead of just like the 16 S and 25 S, which is what they do for a lot of the other like DNA testing. Um, they do PCR along with your, uh, which everyone knows what PCR is now, but they also do it with, um, the IgM IgG. So those are your immunoglobulins, but, um, they test like a plethora of different strains of Borrelia, which is the one that causes Lyme disease. And then they test all the co-infections, which includes, you know, a lot of different viruses, other parasites like Toxoplasma, which is a really common parasite from cats that can cause some of the symptoms that come along with it that are in the brain symptoms. Like, cause I miss like brain fog, even like, you know, bipolar, like, mm you know, I found myself like, I'm a high. And then I was like a low, like, and that's not me at all. I'm usually like kind of even keel. Um, so, but yeah, toxoplasma, um, Babesia, I talked about, that's another parasite. Then there's other bacteria. Like I talked about Bartonella or there's like Ehrlichia, Anaplasma, there's a whole bunch and it looks at all of them. And it's like, even like laid out, like user-friendly, like even as a practitioner, I'm not like searching the paper, you know, but there's Armin labs, which is really good. That's in Germany. Um, vibrant labs is in the States. There's, um, Igenics. there's other like DNA companies that like, um, you know, test other co-infections, but any of those that you can do to kind of, first of all, see if it's Lyme, because if it's Lyme, you've got to go after the Lyme first. Right. And then if it's not, and you have other co-infections, then you can you can go up after them, but usually you don't have co-infections without the Lyme, although it can happen, right? I, I hear of a lot of people being, oh, I was muscle tested for Babesia, so I'm going after that. And I, I'm thinking like, I think, um, you know, cause muscle testing or, you know, people do like applied kinesiology or they mm-hmm. use like the energy. It's like quantum physics. It's, there are really skilled people and that I know that you utilize that and I've taken courses on it and I, and I practice with it to an extent, but I, I just, I need to see data. Some I'm a data person. Yeah. Like, so sometimes I just want to see, is it actually there in my blood? So that's me personally. Uh, other people can go by, um, 
a muscle test and do their treatment based on that. But, you know, what I've realized with Lyme is that you have to, you have to learn how to treat the symptoms for people while you're getting at the root cause, because yeah. things are going to pop up. And if it's their heart, like you can use things like taurine, you can use motherwort to bring down their blood pressure. You can use Hawthorne to slow down the heart. Like, so, you know, and there's like lithium, if they're giving static electricity, like lithium orate, um, manganese, magnesium, because like I said, it lowers your magnesium. Um, it's very stimulating magnesium for some Lyme patients. So it, which usually magnesium gives you a calm. So for those people, um, topical magnesium and Epsom salt baths seem better. Um, so, you know, cause you can argue, okay, am I feeding the Lyme? If you don't, continue to feed the Lyme while you're killing it, it's going to settle in your tissues. It's going to eat your tissue and your myelin instead. So, you know, from what I learned, I used to fa fast. I cannot fast since this is like re-emerged, like, um, and it adds and it, extra stress to your body. Yeah. And if there's no fuel for it, it eats your own tissue muscle. Like you, you waste away. Like I don't have my muscle mass. Like it's just starting to come back it was crazy. Like I'm usually like more tight, like my fascia and everything. And it's like loose. Like I could pull my skin. That's a symptom for people too, of Lyme is like loosened skin. When you haven't had that, it literally travels around your body, like a little Pac-Man. It's not nice. It's gross. Yeah, we don't love that kind of Pac-Man. That is not <laughs> fun for anybody involved. No, we so like the macrophage <laughs> Pac-Man because yes. those are, those are our cells that eat the Lyme. Yeah. We want those to go and start to, you know. So besides some of the supplements and herbs that you talked about, are there yeah. any other lifestyle things, um, you know, that can either aggravate or kind of help to calm things down lifestyle or complementary alternative medicine pieces that you would suggest to somebody who's on maybe a Lyme journey, or just even, I think the idea of co-infections, I don't think people talk about that enough. I mean, the, it is so rare that it's just one thing, whether that's just one herb supplement that's going to fix things or that it's just one underlying issue or condition in the body. The body is so dynamic and it's just always looking to figure things out at our own expense. So I, I think it is so important to take that bigger picture view, even when you're mm -hmm. interpreting labs, which a lot of people don't do. They just look at the reference range or they just say, I think I have Lyme, so I'm going to only focus on this. And it's like, right, where are things trending relative to what's going on with my body? So I would love, and that's why I'm always such a fan of things like acupuncture, chiropractic care, yeah. cupping, whatever, because yeah, you think you're going in for one thing. It's like when you go to therapy, you think you're going in for a heartbreak and then it, you're bringing up stuff from your childhood, Something right? Cheaper. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's always about what, what's the best bang for my buck. So what are some yeah. other dietary health lifestyle bang for your buck things that people could do that? Yeah. Maybe it's treating X, Y, Z symptom, you know, myopically, mm -hmm. but it's also supporting other systems and, you know, maybe cofactors as well. Yeah. Well, you want to keep things moving. So lymphatic is huge. And like, there's like Brazilian lymphatic massage, like even acupuncture, helps with your lymph. Um, I, I used a lymph cream that was really helpful. Like I got lymphedema in my right groin and I was, you know, cupping my own leg, but then I was using this, um, homeopathic cream from Picana called I T I R E S. And so that can help move lymph, obviously, like depending on how fatigued you are, like you can barely move sometimes. So I'm not going to tell you to rebound or something, but just any movement that you can kind of afford to do, like maybe a few stretches or yoga poses is, is helpful. Red light bio bio resonance, like the feedback from like red light was huge for me, bringing down my blood pressure. Like it helps for lymph. It helps your vagus nerve. Um, I, I, like, I, I had my red light. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like it would just like, you know, I would use it, use it a lot, but like, I didn't realize like how much that has been one of the big things that have helped me like symptom wise. Um, I mean, diet, diet is hard because a lot of the time you don't feel like eating. Mm. So you want to just try and eat as healthy. And then I didn't feel like meat as much, which is a big thing with Lyme. Um, but I, I tried to like take like organ capsules and stuff to get like all the nutrients from that. And then I was just eating like easier to digest stuff in the beginning. And now just like as clean as I possibly can be eating, but still like having a little bit of carbs, like not, I don't think keto is good for Lyme. Like I think, um, it's too much stress on the body because your nervous system's already like a little whack unless you're like a keto already, I guess. Um, but 
yeah, I found myself wanting more carbohydrates. Um, and so I just tried to stick to healthy carbohydrates. And then, like I said, you don't want to starve them out. You want to keep them eating outside of your cells. And then you want to get at them with like the herbs and stuff. So even like some people's treatment protocols, they really like hyaluronic acid. That's why they like the joints and they can cause joint swelling and that migratory pain. So you take hyaluronic acid to get them out. And then you take your herbs a half hour later that are targeted towards them. Some people use homeopathics. We talked about some people using antibiotics. You got to get at the biofilms. So, you know, but, but not too aggressively at first. There's, there's even people that do laser treatment and they are, they're saying they're eradicating Lyme with this laser that breaks apart the biofilms. Um, but treatment is super helpful when there's the pain in the body because there's a lot of stiff neck. I missed that one. That's a huge one. Right shoulder pain because it really also likes the gallbladder. Okay. So the gallbladder, you can get a lot of that referral up into the shoulder and everyone thinks that they have like this shoulder pain and they're pushing on their trap or, you know, they're like this and, and it's that can be Lyme affecting your gallbladder. Your gallbladder refers to like all of our, you know, organs have a referral, um, pattern. So, so that's a big one. Um, so gallbladder support is huge through this. Everyone needs it. That's that has Lyme. Cause there's usually some sluggishness and that goes in with like the sluggish lymphatic system. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I used some energy medicine, like the amp coil. So I've tried that. There's one called uh, PEMF. Like those are you can find someone close to you and go use it. They're expensive machines, but you can buy them for personal use as well. Um, I really liked the PEMF with the plasma bulb. The, I found that a lot more effective than amp coil for my symptoms. Um, and there are things you can set up. You can be like, okay, Lyme, and you can set up vibrations that zap that bug. So, you know, it's another way of like treating it. And then you can do different settings that help calm. And I have my own FSM, which is frequency specific microcurrent, um, which I've used, which I used in the past that helped me a lot, but one of my athletes had it right now. Um, but that's something that is helpful and affordable that you can treat yourself with. Um, I mean, clean water is going to be huge. Like, I mean, you don't drink tap water. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Um, some people are saying distilled. I've been going between, um, like a few different filtration systems, like adding minerals, like I'm still playing around with what's perfect for me, but you just want definitely clean water because that's going to add to it. Um, I'm drinking cystus tea right now. That's like a biofilm buster. Um, it also is like very high antioxidant. Um, uh, so it just like supports your system in different ways. And then I've been using like a mix of different e eating mushrooms and using mushroom extracts because they're really, really going to support that immune system. Right. I love that because people, again, this past couple of years has, everyone keeps talking about quote, boosting the immune system. And I'm always like, first of all, that's not a real scientific term. That's not a mechanism of, of action. Regardless, secondly, we don't always want to boost the immune system. If we have an overactive immune system, we want to modulate the immune system. Modulate, and I think yeah. mushrooms are one of the best things. Astragalus, I think as well, long-term. And yeah. to your point as well, with the lymphatic system, when I see people who are chronically getting sick, particularly viral infections, things that are laying dormant, so many times the lymphatic system, it, there's poor sluggish. And then that goes back to the gallbladder as well. And I think that's just a very underutilized um, approach to, I think, kind of dealing with all of that. Yeah. And I forgot saunas yes. too, because we we're talking about, I, I used my little infrared, like single sauna from Therasage. There's a bunch of other ones. I'm not trying to push different things. I just am saying what I used. Um, but it's so got is, is Lyme something that people can kind of quote, I don't want to say beat, but do you know what I mean? Or is it something that they have to live with for the rest of their life? Or is it somewhat of a sliding scale? I, I'd say that the, as people get better at treating it, I think you can like eradicate it. And there is like, you know, like a, a long-term low grade, like treatment plan for it. I don't mm -hmm. think you're ever like, you know, there's, they're coming up, like different companies are coming up with things and they're claiming that it bursts the cyst. Like the cyst is like how it can lay dormant. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm hopeful for that, but you know, like I said, it's been like almost 15 years and I've been in perfect health. If you asked me, like, I mean, I still got cramps. I'd say that was the one thing. And that's a sign of Lyme, by the way, if you have really bad cramps, likes your uterus. Mm. So just so we're 
you know, some people don't realize that, but um, like, I was living a completely normal life. I could travel, do this, that, like, you know what I mean? And it just kind of hit me and came down on me. Now there's been a lot of like the vibration in the world is down in general. And then the, and then the radio frequencies are up. So like human vibration down radio frequencies, cause they just released a new rolled out a new radio frequency on us. So I started diving into a little bit of research on, um, on 5g and on pathogens. Wow. And it makes your cells detox the pathogens, they come out, right? So Lyme was one of them. And the amount of people, because I started posting about my story that are coming out and being like, I have this, I have this, I have that. Like, you know, I, it's insane. Young, healthy people. Like it's, I think it has definitely has something to do with it. I love that you brought that up because so before we started recording, we were just like joking around about how this past year we were talking about like friend breakups and whatever. And like the, I think this, the vibe in general for this past year has been anybody who's been in this healing space, call it whatever you want. If you are an empath, a healer, you're into quantum physics, vibrations, all that stuff, you have so quite literally physically felt the changes and the shifts, but also emotionally. But if you are actually, I think, willing to go into that and lean into that more, you really, it's like playing a video game. Like, oh, you don't have enough tokens to enter the next level yet, right? So it's like, we've all kind of been leveling up if you choose to, but it can really bring about for some people that it is quite literally physical symptoms, like maybe the reactivation of something that has been dormant in your body. For some people, I think it's psychological stuff. And then for other people, I think it does go back to where the, you know, the nervous system is really like all of a sudden had this huge PR campaign this past two years. But at the same time, we're also spending more time on the internet, more time physically disconnected from people thinking that we are, and then emotionally kind of not knowing how to self-regulate. So it's been such this weird, and the more people I talk to, the less crazy I feel. Cause I'm like, oh my God, maybe it's just me. But like, I love, I'm so happy that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, I felt it and I feel it cause I'm in Canada and I mean, most of the world can see the vibes been pretty low here. Like, well, you guys have been back to somewhat normal life. Like, you know, they've been segregating us and, you know, more, I, I know what's happening everywhere, but like, it just seemed like the mass amount of Canadians are like mad and angry. And like, I used to think like, you know, Canadians were friendlier and it's just been like, and so I've, I've felt it cause I've left the country too. And it's just been a completely different vibe. And I, and so like, I just, it, it's heavy, it's heavy. It's, and I can feel it. And like, I think a lot of us in this space are like empaths, like, you know, we feel a lot of that. So yeah. I definitely think it has to do with my health, like challenging me, let's say this year. Totally. Yeah. I think heavy is probably the best way to describe it. Cause your body, I think sometimes quite literally can feel heavy. I think it's a lot of people are going through these upgrades, energetic shifts, whatever you want to call it. But I think that's actually a really nice segue into the conversation of central nervous system stuff, because I think people, again, I mean, you probably, I'm sure get annoyed by this. You go on TikTok these days or Instagram and anybody can be a coach for anything. So people are like, I'm a central nervous system regulating coach, or I'm a whatever frequency healing, which is cool. It's great. Whatever it connects people. However, there is real training and real science that needs to go behind things. And you are the queen of all things vagus nerve. So I would love to hear your kind of 30,000 foot view of not only like what the vagus nerve is. I think some people kind of have a, a pitch, you know, a quick elevator pitch for it but you know besides sort of this gut brain connection like what other areas of a person's well-being does the vagus nerve impact and kind of um you know why and how should we start paying attention to that more yeah so the vagus nerve is a, a cranial nerve i'll start off pretty basic if people don't know so that means it, it comes either from the base of the brain stem or from the brain it exits and the vagus nerve is called the vagus nerve because it's like a vagabond which like because it travels far right it's the longest cranial nerve so it exits from your brain stem and it innervates literally every organ it helps with speech so um like in the innervating the back of your soft, soft palate, it has, it, it's, it's, it's the conductor of the orchestra for your parasympathetic nervous system, which is like your rest and digest side of your nervous system, where 
you know, you're happy, you feel safe, you, um, your body feels safe enough to let blood flow to the digestive system, uh, slows down your heart or regulates your heart in the beautiful rhythm. Um, you know, it, it, it helps with all of the key par parts of digestion, including, you know, the release of bile acids from, st uh, the release of stomach acid, um, the, like your, that nice, gallbladder contraction that you get the downward movement of your gut so that you're not constipated, but also not overactive. So diarrhea, like it, it's it, it, in it, in it's, it takes feedback from your whole body and brings it up to the brain. So that's most of its information is coming from the organs and what's going on in the immune system and all of that, and bringing it back up to the brain, like 20% is going down towards like actions. Right. So it's, it, it ends up being sometimes a free ride for some pathogens to cross the blood brain barrier. That's one of the downfalls of it. But if we, if we can turn it on or utilize because it can lose, let's say it loses tone. So it's not functioning properly. And that can be physical because some people with traumatic brain injuries, some people with neck injuries, um, because it exits and come down, down here, goes through, uh, under your collarbone and innervates all in there. There's like some structural ones, but a lot of times, because we're just always stressed, we're always in our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight. Like when we're frightened, when we're stressed and humans are the only ones that can turn on their sympathetic nervous system with thought alone or with Instagram or yeah. social media or, you know, so it, if we don't have the ability to turn that off and turn on that parasympathetic side, then we're, we're heading towards illness always, right? Like we're not self-regulating. Like, so, you know, your vagus nerve, it, it responds to, I mean, there's a lot of things that responds to vibration is one of them. Sound is another cold is another. So people are getting into this, like cold therapies, um, you know, um, there's different acupuncture points. There's like massages, like it, all of this stuff that helps, um, turn it back on. And now they're starting to come up with more and more like little machines that actually help it. And you can monitor it as well with your heart rate variability, which is the, the, the difference in, well, it's what it sounds like variability between your heartbeat. That's when your heart's healthy. So even when I was sick, my heart rate variability, the the guy that measured it for me was like surprised. Wow. I don't see this if someone's sick. So something that I did before allowed me to not be bedridden from Lyme, right? Like I was not feeling good and not able to function, but I wasn't like bedridden. So it protects you from a lot. Um, and then you can work on it alongside all of the other therapies that you're doing, including some like, um, therapies that you can orally take that help activate the vagus nerve. Um, and then, you know, you can work on trauma and work with someone who helps you release that kind of stuff. And that helps regulate your, your vagus nerve. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely most people don't are, are mostly in their sympathetic and their parasympathetic unless totally. they're. Unless so they're what, what would be, zen. um, I know, and people throw this term around a lot too, like low vagal tone and whatnot. So what number one would be some signs or symptoms that somebody should be aware of that, you know, okay, maybe my vagus system isn't working as it should, or maybe some things that can potentially negatively impact your vagal tone. And then if you want to touch on like, what can we do to actually support vagal tone? I know you talked about some of them, um, like chanting and, you know, acupuncture, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gargling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a yeah. big fan of, I know there's like machines for everything now, but I'm like, right. But back in the day, there weren't machines. So what no. were people doing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That's why there's chanting and ohms and, you know, even like sound therapy, like, like all of that, like something you can listen to just on your, well, now you're back on your computer, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but signs of low vagal tone. I mean, there's things like not being able to swallow properly. That's one of them. Um, changes in your voice, like hoarseness in your voice, um, anxiety, a whole bunch of digestive disrupt disruptions, including like incontinence or diarrhea to constipation. Um, 
you know, irregular heartbeats, arrhythmias, like all of those like are signs of the vagus nerve. We have to then find the root cause, but that's signs of the vagus nerve. Um, depression or anxiety, like not even just one of them. Um, I'm missing a bunch. How much do, how much of an influence does our emotions play in what's going on with the health of our vagal tone and kind of the, you know, I know gut brain connection, obviously, but mind body connection. Do you ever see when you're treating patients, do you kind of ever see a connection there? If there's somebody who maybe always has a certain kind of temperament or emotionally charged a certain way, or, you know, you can get even more hippy dippy, like throat chakra stuff or what's going on yeah. with their spleen. Do you ever throat see chakra. any kind of interactions with that? throat chakra, heart chakra, all of those things. You can, you even work on them on someone and they have like an emotional response and they literally like start crying and then they feel better. Like there's some sort of release. So all these deep seated like traumas, like generational trauma, all of those things, if you release them can help regulate someone's nervous system, which when I say that I'm talking about help regulating the vagus nerve. And then all the other bodily processes will be better when you can get that regulated. So yeah, um, but the throat chakra, I think is a big one, like, you know, where some people, especially now, if you picture like, you know, there's such like polarized views and, you know, there's like obviously a majority view. And if you're not speaking out your truth, like people are getting sicker, right? Like, yeah. so a hundred percent, like, um, and then just even like the coldness, like I think like, you know, uh, an embrace, like a hug, like the energy, the electrical field of our heart and like how, like, you know, in, in having hugging someone, like everyone's scared to hug now, like that was an exchange of energy. It's, it's co-regulation, it, the release of oxytocin, which helps the vagus nerve, like, you know, anything that like increases acetylcholine, like all like just turn Fanatic on that touch. Face. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even like not seeing someone's face, facial expressions, when your vagus nerve is like affected and like, you'll see this with a lot of, even when my line was really bad, like I had no facial expression. Like my face was like this, like, and you can notice that in chronically ill people and yeah. facial expression. If you see someone happy, like that actually helps your vagus nerve. Like, as opposed to like someone like this, you're, you're going to go into more of a stress response. So all of it is, it plays into it. And yeah. so I think that's too, why a lot of people are sicker than ever right now. That's the, that's the thing that gets me revved up. Like, I don't care. I'm not super political about things. I try and be very like Switzerland, like, you know, like I'm, a, I'm the, in the camp of do whatever makes you feel happy and safe at the end of the day. But what yeah. does annoy me is the long impact, the long-term impacts of what does happen from what's been going on in the world we've been living in, of not having social interactions, of living in fear, which is bad for things not only like your kidneys, I mean, but your immune system, yeah. you know, like- And your vagus nerve. <laughs> exactly. Your, you know, psychoneuroimmunology, like what's going on with all that stuff. I mean, so that is where facial expressions, not being able to see that, you know, nonverbal communication. And I think we have not even begun to- scratch the surface of what that's going to do long-term for the central nervous system and just humans, I think, as we evolve in general, like it's just, it's not natural. And children, like children, yes. especially like, I mean, that's when they're like, they're still in their subconscious brain. Like, you know, they're still like figuring it out. And like, they're living in this state of fear. People, people's faces are covered. Like we're going to have a traumatized group of like preschoolers that coming into adulthood. Like, for Back many other reasons. It'll too. be good for the, those in the functional health wellness yeah. world, but um, not great for, you know, long We need term. an army. We, we need do. an army. But that's why there's people. amazing people like you. And... So, I mean, I could chat with you for, I would love to have you back on the podcast because like, you're just a wealth of knowledge and I, I just love everything about you. But before um, we tell everybody how they can find you and work with you and all that, I want to do a couple like semi rapid fire questions, not like, you know, yes or no's, but you know, would love to just hear what your gut instinct is about some things that I think will resonate with you. Right. And then we'll let everybody know that. where they can find you. So you ready? Yeah. Okay. If you had, to, I'm a big housewife fan, like Housewives of New Jersey. I don't know if you watch oh. any of these, but they all have taglines. So if you had to create a tagline for the Vegas nerve, what would it be? Um, these are hard. I know. Um, I know. Vegas. 
listen to the conductor of your symphony. I love that. I'm all about, I joke, I'm all about like putting things on mugs. We're going to put that on a yeah. mug for you, a coffee okay. mug. I think that's perfect and so on brand for you. We're getting it on merch. Okay, I love that. <laughs> Next up, um, what is a book that you've read recently that's had a profound impact on you, whether that's mental, emotional health? And if you don't remember the name of the book, maybe one thing that you learned from the book that you would like to you know, bestow yeah. upon some of the listeners. I mean, I, I most recently read The Invisible Rainbow and I found it profound like to learn about because I, I brought up those frequencies that change on the earth and how it affects humans. So I'd say check that one out. I'm writing that down. Invisible Rainbow. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most overrated supplement that you've seen on the market currently for gut health? Ooh, probiotics. Oh yes. I'm so happy you said that. Yes. <laughs> um, what about, do you see people having an overrated supplement? They think they can supplement their way out of vagal tone. Do you, do you think there's any things that people are trying to push that you're seeing that you're like this, there's not a supplement for this. I, I think the like standalone, um, thiamine, mm -hmm. like, I, although I think it can help, but I think a lot of the times that's not the, that's not the cause. I love it. What is a supplement herb or plant compound that you are currently obsessed with learning about that's working well with your body or that you're just really into researching? Um, uh, I know. Let me, let me, I need to get this one. <laughs> we can circle back. To that oh, later. um, no, I, mine was the, the, I'm obsessed with learning about right now is um, well, I'm using the phospho phospholipid complex because mm -hmm. cell membrane integrity, which I didn't bring up and all these like electrolyte imbalances and stuff, super, super interesting. And like, yeah. And then now I'm learning about some omega sixes that are, everyone made it so bad. And it's like, yeah, that that's, don't you I'm... love how our industry loves to just vilify things. And it's like, I always do this with cytokines in particular, cause they got a real bad rap, you know, over the past yeah. few years. And I'm like, we actually need them. They're pro and anti-inflammatory. Same thing with omega three, six, nines. Like uh -huh. we need all of them. It's just, exactly. they, if they can create a supplement or a market for it, then obviously they're going to have to create good guy, bad guy. So what's one yeah. cool thing you've learned about cell membrane health that you have like amazing. Well, I mean, just like all the different things that can affect it, like aluminum from that we all get exposed to lives in the cell, degrades our, our membrane proteins and the lipid membrane and, and how that like just all the different. And then there's the different bugs that are in the cell that are disrupting that. And, and then how that shows up. Cause I got really interested because I had this influx of calcium, which mm. was the worst feeling in the world. So that's what kind of got me like diving into that side Love of it. things. This is a question I love um, because I joke that I am a slow learner and a hard learner, but once I learn something, I've really got it for life. So what's a lesson that you feel took you the longest to learn, but has had the biggest ripple impact in your life? It could be health. It could be personal. It could be financial. It could be career. But a lesson that I mean, the universe kept throwing the, at you. Put yourself first. Ooh, good one. Yeah. You can't do anything for anyone else if you're down and out. So just do everything you can for yourself Absolutely. and then take care of others. Yeah. Tough for us in the healing tough, uh, very world. Tough, yeah. uh, what is a morning or nighttime routine that is a non-negotiable for you? Something that's in the morning or nighttime routine that you're like, I got to do it, or I'm just, I'm not going to be me. I'm not going to be my best self. Morning red light with this chakra opening. And then my King coffee, which is like a reishi mushroom coffee that I just love that makes me feel good. Love that. But um, first water, first I have water. <laughs> yes, that's an important one. I actually asked the same question to a guest I had on earlier and he said the same thing. He's like, water first, then I figure out life basically. And I was like, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people think that it has to be like a 90 step routine. And I'm like, no, sometimes it's just literally one thing. So let's see. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, what is, I'm a big quote, mantra, affirmation kind of gal. I have post-its everywhere, whiteboards everywhere. So yeah. because life is such where we have ups and downs, ebbs and flows, inevitably we're going to get, you know, stuck. What's a mantra, an affirmation, a quote, something that helps you get unstuck when mm -hmm. you're feeling in that flow. So I can't remember the exact quote, but it's essentially like, you know, once we're uncomfortable enough, then we have to bud out from a situation. Like that's what's brought me out of different situations. It was too painful to stay small. So it was time to sprout kind of thing. Oh, I love that. There's always mm -hmm. seasons for blooming and seasons for planting into yes. it. Okay. Yes. Three more questions and then we'll tell everybody how they can find you. 
Okay. Um, worst piece of health advice you have ever received. Um, my worst health advice came recently when someone told me I was perfectly healthy while in an ER and just told me to go work out and not stress. <laughs> Good just, one. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's like when a guy is like, calm down. You're like, I didn't think of that. Hmm. You know what? I didn't think of that. Can't. Don't ever tell someone to calm down. <laughs> Just don't be anxious. You're like, you know what? Good idea. That's a good yeah. one. There's probably a book about that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Great so advice. much. Um, oh, okay. This is a good one. Cause I think functional medicine, same thing has had a lot of glow ups over the year. Markets super inundated and oversaturated. There's good things. There's bad things. But what do you think is maybe one common myth that you see sort of in the functional medicine field that you want to debunk or maybe go to bat for where you're like, this isn't really all bad, or this actually isn't totally true. If someone has H. pylori, you can use hydrochloric acid unless they have an ulcer. Okay. That's, That's something I've been wanting to share. <laughs> love that. That's going on your second mug. We're making a whole <laughs> mug line. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a mug line. I'm going to have all the guests with their tagline. That's going to be my thing. Okay. Yeah. And then last question before we let everybody know how they can follow you and work with you and fall in love with you. What is one piece of either career or health advice you would like to give to your younger self that you wish you would have heard earlier or that would have maybe resonated with you had you been more receptive to it? Um, I would be, you know, you don't have to grind so much. You have to you have to just put your genuine self forward and people will come. Not that I, I haven't been genuine, but I always felt like I had to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, you know? Same girl. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you are absolutely amazing. So where can people find you? Website, Instagram. I know you have a bunch of different um, services. I know you work with athletes. I know you do functional medicine stuff. So where can people get the scoop, which it will also be in the show notes, but just let people yeah. know. Yeah. So we're, we're our website's vegasclinic.com. We do um, online like virtual for functional medicine. Um, we also have like a group of chiropractors that's growing that treat in a certain way, um, including like vagus nerve treatments um, that are in person um, that, you know, that will start to grow um, as the business is growing throughout North America. Um, and then heal your gut first brings you to that same page and then Vegas clinic on Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is Dr. S Canistrero. So it's Dr. Dot S in my last name. I've got to make it easier. I say that every time I'm on a podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm really, you know, starting to get more regular at posting all the stuff that I want people to hear about all the stuff that I learn about. And yeah, so those are the main places. So you, do you work with people in, a, in like the U S yeah. yeah, we're Canadian, but you know, we, we're more of a beg for permission. No, beg for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission type. Yeah. Do it and apologize <laughs> later. Yeah. My cousin, Michael always says that he's like, just do it and apologize later. Yeah. So we just want to help that. people. So uh, we're actually starting a U.S. business though. So that's where a lot of the chiropractors will be. Cause, um, we work with a lot of NHL players. So that. they're a lot of them are from Canada, but then they're living in the States. And so, you know, it's just an invisible line. I'm so fed up. Like, aren't we just like best friends? I don't know. We should be. Uh, <laughs> I grew up always skiing in Tremblant. So I always joke and I say like, I have this amazing, you know, rapport with the Canadians. Just you guys are the best. You're the best, yeah. but it's an I invisible broke my line. collarbone. I broke my collarbone in Mount Tremblant. Oh, so not the yeah. best, but I'm sure maybe you had a beaver tail at the end of the mountain <laughs> yeah. and maybe made you feel better. And then the rest yeah. of the history. So, well, yeah. Dr. Stephanie, awesome. thank you so much for being on the podcast. I hope that you come back on and I thank you for all of your wisdom, knowledge, and your time. Thanks for having me. And thanks for also presenting all of the great information to all of your followers and mine when I share it. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.